Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One, two, Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Andrew Ivins, Director of Scouting at 24-7 Sports, and i got a special guest today, Greg Viggins. I call him the West Coast Guru. Greg, while everyone else was celebrating Memorial Day weekend, you drew the short straw and you were working. You were at the Clarkson QB Retreat, which featured some of the nation's top arms, so we're going to get into that, but... How was the time off, uh, kind of time off? Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, we don't really get a lot of time off in this job, Andrew, as you know more than anybody, but I, I'm not going to complain. I'm sitting there wearing sweats and a shirt right now, and my work for Memorial Weekend was watching some guys throw, throw the football around a little bit. So I'll never complain. Uh, it was fun for me still. I, I always make it a vacation. Santa Monica, uh, if you've ever been there before, it's a kind of a place where people go to vacation. So that was my, my work environment. So it was work mixed in with some pleasure. I, I had a good time out there. Well, let, let's why don't you peel it back a little bit and kind of explain to, to listeners what exactly yeah. the Clarkson QB retreat is or, you know, Adidas is involved, just the idea behind it, what what the event is. And um, and then we'll get into more of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's what's radically changed over the years. It's been going on. I want to say I, I'm not good at math, 15 years, 17 years or whatever. And, it, and the word retreat, Andrew, I can't emphasize enough the word retreat, you know, needs to be thrown in there because this is not your typical Elite 11 camp. Uh, it's not a bunch of guys out there grinding and, and throwing for two hours straight and sweating and whatnot. Um, I, I don't know. West Coast, East Coast, I, you're in the South. I know that. But I don't know if they have cornhole out there, Andrew. But like they do. I, I want you to picture, uh, you know, your little Fourth of July picnic with people throwing cornhole, except it's not Fourth of July. It's Memorial Weekend and it's not cornhole. It's football. And that's about the intensity of the Clarkson retreat. Uh, now, saying that, you do still, still see some dudes out here, right? I've been doing this camp for a long time, retreat for a long time. And, you know, he always gets uh, a lot of really good up-and-coming quarterbacks. Great chance to see Julian Lewis. And, you know, over the years, you know, I've seen a lot of really good young quarterbacks. But uh, I would say Adidas' involvement over the last five or six years has kind of elevated the event a little bit. Um, almost you see now more college counselors involved than, than before, where it used to be like all about the high school kids. Now it's kind of high school mixed in with the college guys. You'll even see a few NFL guys out there. And you'll see a bunch of nine and 10 year olds 
out there that are actually training. Now, those guys are working, Andrew, like the little nine and 10 year olds, man, uh, who can barely hold the football. Uh, you know, they're trying hard and they're going from drill to drill. They're ripping the ball around. And the idea is, you know, those college guys and high school guys just kind of post, post a mentor, those young kids. And uh, so it's almost like, you know, it's a it's a workout slash mentoring session slash a chance for Adidas uh, with these college guys to kind of mix in and, and, you know, have their discussions about whatever it is that they want to discuss. And I would say that's kind of uh, that's it in a nutshell right there. Okay. Well, what is, give me your biggest takeaway. And then I guess we can get into the roster. You leave Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest takeaway? I'm putting you on the spot here. Biggest oh. takeaway from the, the retreat. Yeah, I, I had a couple, honestly. Uh, I, I know one guy we've talked a lot about, which is Julian saying he's, he's QB4 right now for us. Now, I think he's really good. You know, I saw him at a, at a you know, Super 7 event in San Diego last weekend. And uh, for me, I, I, think he's, I think he's really, really good. Um, he's putting on some good weight. I think he's bigger, stronger, uh, unbelievable feel for the position. He was he was the guy this week. You know, he was the guy that the college counselors kind of walked away saying, hey, that guy just looks different. And in this kind of environment, I mentioned it's very lax. You know, he's a guy who is front of the line guy, right? He's taking every rep he can. He's working hard uh, and he, he's really getting some work in. But, you know, probably the quickest release there spins the football. He's smart. Great feel for the position. Anticipation is extremely high. He was my number one guy. And, and I think he's got a shot. I, obviously, at Dylan Raiola is QB1 right now. But, you know, I think Julian, we'll see how he does at the lead 11 coming up here. But I think he's in the mix uh, to be at least in the discussion. Um and then, I, you know, the young kids I mentioned, Andrew, like I mentioned, uh, me- messaged you, texted you earlier about Julian Lewis. I hadn't seen him before. I hadn't watched some film. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, this guy is as gifted a freshman as I've ever seen at this event. And I just keep using the word of the game that looks easy for him, right? I mean, you just kind of watch him from drill to drill. Um, you know, real athletic, about six and a half body. Um, you know, the frame, he'll, he'll fill out. But easy velocity. You know, the ball just jumps out. Uh, he's got great pocket awareness, great feet, rolling right, rolling left, off platform, extremely accurate. He's not trying to throw every ball 100 miles an hour. He understands anticipation, understands changing speeds. Was a really cool kid to to get to know and talk to. He's not one of those little, you know, arrogant young phenoms. Man, he had time for everybody, including the young kids. So, Julian Lewis, you mentioned to me uh, he might be the number one player in that freshman class, and I have not seen a better quarterback at this event as a freshman and 15 years. So uh, everything you said, man, I'm co-signing. And then I love George McIntyre. I think I, you asked for one, give me, I'm giving you three here. You know, George is about six, six, uh, you know, big old quarterback from Tennessee. And usually you see a guy, a lot of long gang league quarterbacks like that. Um, they're not super athletic, a little bit longer with the release. Cause you know, a lot of moving parts. Right. But I'll tell you what, you know, one thing I, I value about the way we do evaluations and way that your group does it is we put a, a high premium on, on multi-sport athleticism and he's a perfect reason why he is the he is a poster boy because he's a high level basketball player. And I think that helps him a ton when it comes to playing football, man. He is a very good athlete. And again, there's nothing clumsy about him, nothing awkward about him. Uh, his drops are smooth. He rolls out. He's rolling left. The release is tight. Uh, he's got a great delivery. Uh, I mean, he again, he's QB2 for us in 25 at class, I believe. And he looked it, man. I love the way he played. I love, love the way he competed. And I love the multi-sport deal. Another guy, really fun to get to know off the off the field, off the court. Uh, super good kid. So I think all three of those guys kind of jumped out for me this weekend. That's awesome. Well, I want to get into all three, but it is funny, you know, when you know one of the analysts is going to see a guy for the first time just to get their reaction because you kind of experience it with different people. And I saw Julian Lewis, at, I think it was at the FBU freshman game, right? 
and then we were in at an Under Armour camp outside of Atlanta. I knew Cooper was going to see him for the first time. And then I knew you were going to see him for the first time. And it's like, all right, well, if three different people kind of have the same takeaway, like, hey, this guy is advanced. And then you hear it from different contacts in the industry. It's like, all right, like this is this is the guy to keep an eye on in, in 2026. Let's go back to to Julian Sayan, uh, quarterback committed right in your neck of the woods. He's headed to Alabama. You mentioned it. QB number four for us, right? I think the interesting nugget there is you say he is he is much bigger, right? And I, I think the last listed weight we have on him was a 183 pounds. And I'm sure there's some listeners going like, all right, well, like, wh- why does any of this matter? But mm-hmm. when I saw him at the, the the Battle Miami event for the first time in person, so that would have been back in January. Now we fast forward to the end of May, almost into June. I did feel like he was much stockier. From from based on you know you going from the film to the in person, and I think that allowed him to generate more velocity. I just you've you've you know tracked him from the start, so I wonder if you would kind of agree with that. Velocity was was radically different than a year ago, and and you kind of see it with some of the throws they make. And I even took some video from the San Diego Super Seven a week ago, where you know some of these throws where it's just a catch and a throw, right? Catch and a release. There's no, uh, you know, you call it a crow hop in baseball. You know, in football, you call it a hitch or whatever. Um, you know, there's no hitching, uh, it's just catch, throw, get it out as quick as you can. Usually it's, it's a throw sidearm. You get, you know, generate a little more velocity that way, you know, kind of picture a shortstop going to first base. And, and he, he absolutely was ripping that ball. Uh, but the thing that, uh, that I kind of value about him is I think he's a quarterback. Um, and that's what I'm going to say about that is a lot of these camps you see, they're trying to throw every ball hundred miles an hour. They, they think right. that's most important, right? They think, Hey, I'm going to show these guys how, I, how good I am by throwing the ball as hard, as hard as I can. And it, it's, it's, you know, it's so much more important to throw a catchable ball. And, and that's what Julian is so good at, man. He is so just pure in the way that he throws it. And again, his IQ is off the charge. He, he's the one who's kind of, again, he's the first in line. He's the one to tell the receivers, okay, here's the route. Break it off here. Do this. Tell the other quarterbacks, okay, hey, do this with your – like, he is that guy. Um, so he's extremely smart. The physical tools have bumped up. Um, you mentioned Alabama commit. Very happy with that commitment. He's been a very active recruiter and, uh, you know – uh, a little side note, I'm sure we'll talk more about Julian Lewis, but kind of an Alabama vibe from him, Andrew. I didn't, again, I assume kind of a Georgia guy, but he told me he might actually make a decision after his sophomore year, kind of what Bryce Young did, not junior, but after his sophomore year. And right now, got kind of a little Bama vibe with, the, you know, USC, Texas, and obviously the hometown dogs mixed in there. So I kind of saw those two guys talking a little bit and can only imagine what they were probably talking about. Julian saying 21 and three over the past two seasons, uh, the, the number that jumps out to me, 10.93 that's his yards per attempt right so this is a guy that pushes it down the field that's i think that's like the second best mark amongst the 2024 the premier arms in that class so i'm excited to see what he's going to look like at the elite 11 we're going to shuffle our quarterbacks here uh, at the end of july in the rankings i anticipate plenty of movement and, and julian saying is a guy that will be at that event uh you said he's solid with alabama and we're going to get to julian lewis here in a second what did he mention about Tommy Reese, uh, the new offensive coordinator there in Tuscaloosa? Did you get to have, have a chance to, you know, pick up any vibes from him on on, on the new OC? For sure, uh, him and Julian love him. You know, they said they both made, made a point to say he's a younger guy, right? So they're they're going from you know Coach O'Brien, um, who's not an older, you know, older than older than Coach Reese. I don't want to age anybody. I'm probably <laughs> the oldest guy in our network, Andrew, so I'm a little sensitive to that. I'll say he's older uh, than Tommy Reese is. So they both said, Hey, he's really easy to talk to referring to Reese. You know, he's a younger guy. Uh, he's very relatable, but you know, he knows football. 
So, uh, you know, Julian said every time I talk to him, I get a better feel, better vibe. And obviously, as you know, uh, you know, Notre Dame was, was hot on Julian. So he had a relationship prior to him coming to Bama. Uh, Notre Dame had offered him a scholarship, offered Julian saying, um, try, probably just got to make, make sure I mention that, that last name in there, saying. Uh, so he already knew Tommy a little bit, felt good with him, felt comfortable with him. And, and now it's just about growing the relationship from a football standpoint. Okay, forget the buddy-buddy stuff, right? That, that, that's initial. Now it's about football. And I think they're excited. You know, obviously the Alabama offense is kind of, you know, over the last few years kind of morphed into a little bit more pass happy. You know, when I was younger, man, it was ground and pound right now. They're definitely going to air it out a little bit. And I think both Julian's kind of talked about that. You know, Julian Lewis also mentioned uh, Tommy Reese, good relationship. He'd like coach O'Brien a lot, but now, Hey, it's about getting to know coach Reese. He's young. He's easy to talk with. I like him. He's innovative. Uh, I think he's got an offensive fruitful mind. And I think both those two guys feel it's, it's a good fit for them. I thought the hire of Tommy Reese at Alabama, people didn't think of the recruiting impact enough, right? And it, it's refreshing to hear these words because it's like, all right, I, I was kind of right. I mean, Tommy Reese, when he was at Notre Dame, was kind of the dude on the recruiting trail. I mean, he was on the private jets. He was going. He was involved with all the offensive targets. He was obviously involved with the quarterback. So I'm not surprised to hear that these two kids uh, are talking him up like that. Obviously, one of them – is committed now with with Julian Lewis. We've talked about the kind of shock and awe factor when you you see this kid and you're like, all right, wow, he's only a class of 2026, 20, and he was the Max Preps freshman of the year this past season. Went 14 and one in Georgia's second highest classification. Threw for a state finals record 531 yards uh, while there at Carrollton. I'm really putting you on the spot here, Greg, but is there like any like player comp that jumps out to you? You're like, I see a little bit of this in that guy. And, and, and Julian's just a, a hair over what he's, he's six foot approaching yeah. six foot one. Um, he's got a kind of a athletic, like baseball build is, is, mm-hmm. is kind of what I say. Anyone jumped out or, or anything else from a scouting was, standpoint that, that you can take away from that. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking about that, Andrew, honestly, as we're, you know, as we're watching, you're probably like me, we're always constantly looking for a comp, right? Whether yeah. you're watching a guy do anything. And so I, I don't like to ever use this, but I, I did see a little bit of Bryce Young in him only because, you know, the sub six feet, um, you know, if Julian is, is, is six feet, you know, it's, He's right there, right? He's at yeah. feet, probably a little more athletic build than, than Bryce. Bryce is real lean, real, especially at the same stage in their development. Bryce was a former basketball player, um, which I think was huge for him as a, as a quarterback developing those. You know, he had, you know, unbelievable peripheral vision when he played quarterback, but basketball background Bryce Young had. Um, so a little bit leaner, um, I, I, but, you know, kind of similar strokes. Just similar, just advanced in terms of just, again, you know, the guy, they understand how to play the position. It's not about throwing the ball as hard as you can. It's about timing, anticipation. And and Julian, uh, man, he, he was out early w- with every throw. And, and he was throwing just beautiful deep balls with touch. If he needed to rip it, he could. Uh, the arm was there. Just the personality. Real fun guy to talk to. Real engaging with everybody, which was Bryce Young at, a, at an early age. We were talking to Bryce. You're talking to Julian. You're going – Wait, am I talking to a freshman right now or a freshman in college? Because just very engaging, very mature with their answers. And then, you know, cameras down, you're talking to them from a personal level, um, just real easy and, and mature. And I think the, they're very confident without being cocky. 
So just the personality kind of stood out for me. And then, you know, from a quarterback standpoint, I thought the similarities were, you know, neither one of these guys are 6'3", 6'4", 220. Um, they just play the position without kind of having that overwhelming, you know, maybe that overwhelming arm talent, overwhelming just physicality from their body standpoint. They just play the position with their mind, with their throws, and with their ability to kind of read the game, anticipate it. And, and so I kind of see a little bit of Bryce. We'll see if he, uh, you know, if he can develop and, and be a similar, you know, prospect. Obviously, Bryce was number one guy for us. Heisman and number one overall pick, right? That's like, that's the triple crown right there. So we'll see if Julian can pull that one off too. You say it now. And I am, I, I, I was not like you. I didn't get a ton of time around Bryce Young and, and his high school recruitment, but I do think they kind of have like same mannerisms. Am I yeah. wrong here? Like they, 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 100%. they speak kind of the similar, like yeah. I, wow. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lofty comparison, but we are in an industry where we are asked to make comparisons. And if there's one out there and you can kind of link it in some way, then I, I'm absolutely for that, Greg. Hopefully you don't get clipped on social media. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that comes back to bite you. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's talk about this third quarterback. And I have been on George McIntyre, I think, almost for a calendar year right now. So this is, a, Andrew. this is a guy in 2025. I saw him throw at an FIU satellite camp. I didn't think he had an offer. And I was like, who the Dang. hell is this kid, right? I mean, you would understand that, Greg. You see him in person. Mm. He's over 6'5". Um, and I, I think fans, just recruiting fans in general, right, even if your, quarter, if your team has a 2024 arm, this is going to be the guy in 25, right? We already know about uh, Bryce Underwood, the number one quarterback. I don't think there's a huge gap between Bryce Underwood and George McIntyre. Bryce has just played more football at this point. Uh, George is a one-year starter at Brentwood Academy there 
in Tennessee, but he's got the goods. You talked about the multi-sport stuff. This is a kid that uh, averaged, I think, a double-double on the hardwood. He's got a Wisconsin hoops offer, an FIU hoops offer. The, the tie to FIU is his uncle is Mike McIntyre, the head coach there. Uh, his grandfather was a, a head coach at Vanderbilt, so he comes from this football family. I think he's got some siblings playing some sports out there. Uh, just what did you what did you like about him? And then I really want to ask you what what did you, what did he say about his recruitment? Because I think in June here, a lot of schools that have their guy, their signal caller, are going to pivot to him, and maybe some of those programs that don't have a kid or an arm committed in twenty four are going to turn and just invest the resources in George as they look ahead to the future of of finding an arm. Yeah, so he's at Clemson tomorrow. Well, today is Tuesday, right? I'm kind of we're, we're taping Wednesday, so by the he, time someone listens to this, he's thrown yeah, at today. Clemson. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's the only school that hasn't offered on his shortlist. And he's gonna, you know, I I I put it out in a story. I, again, I have brain fog. I don't remember everything, but you know, on this, I know for a fact Clemson's gonna be Wednesday, and then he's also gonna see FIU, uh, LSU, Tennessee, and Alabama. All within about two weeks, he just actually, you know, UCLA offer. And they, UCLA doesn't offer anybody. If you know about UCLA, how they recruit, they don't offer anyone uh, in the 24 class. They offer a 25 kid uh, kind of shows that he actually visited UCLA uh, before the Clarkson retreat. And he said he loved it. You know, now I don't know if that's going to be a, a real option. I know he's, you know, it seemed like he's pretty tied in. You know, I believe his mother went to Tennessee, correct? There's some, some kind of family ties there. Yeah, I think there and is. So, Someone, I, you know, I was doing some research and someone was saying, watch out for Tennessee. But, uh, you know, he talked up Clemson a lot. If they were to offer him. You know, I think that'd be a big deal for him. He talked up Alabama uh, quite a bit as well. Um, but UCLA, he talked about Chip Kelly, talked about that offense, loved the campus. Uh, that was, like I said, that was the first visit on, on this little tour he's going to be taking. So uh, I would say watch out for Clemson at the offer right now. Tennessee, he definitely likes them a lot. And I didn't get the vibe he was going to make a quick decision. Again, he's only a 25, but I think he may, you know, maybe want to play it out a little bit. But he also said, hey, once I feel comfortable with the school, um, doesn't matter if it's, you know, summer during the season, whenever he goes, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it whenever I feel comfortable. So uh, the schools he mentioned, obviously, uh, I also mentioned Georgia. Georgia's offered him as well, and he has visited. He has not going to take a visit this upcoming week, already been there, but he talked up Georgia quite a bit, and they offered him on his last trip. Uh, so all, all the heavy hitters, right? I mean, it's the Georgias, it's the Alabamas, it's the Tennessee, LSU. He likes a lot, too. They're all right there. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of curious myself what he's going to end up doing. Do you feel like in this NIL era, and I know – I mean, they just landed a five-star quarterback in Dante Moore. But does that open the window for a program like UCLA a little bit more? I mean, you're in California. Do you think it makes it – not levels the playing field, but yeah. like, hey, like when you say keep an eye on UCLA, like you legitimately mean it, right? And UCLA isn't a team that's finishing in the top ten of the recruiting rankings. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I, I would say UCLA definitely used NIL quite a bit to get Dante Moore. But then if you talk to, you know, people close to the program now, whether it be, you know, Brandon Huffman, Tracy Pearson, who covers UCLA for us, that might have been like a, a one-time deal. Um, they don't have a lot of NIL money. They didn't really hit the portal that hard this most recent time. And they won, the guys that did go after, they lost due to probably some NIL issues. So did they go big on, on Dante Moore? 100%. And in fact, even you know some of the quarterbacks were mentioning, God, hey, UCLA got Dante Moore. I heard he got this much. And, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you know what? Don't expect that to happen uh, anytime soon. Because I think from what I hear now, you know, USC of the two schools is probably more the app to go throw the, the big NIL deals out there. UCLA did it with Dante right now. I don't think they're there. They have that kind of that, that same kind of cachet to throw back out there anytime. So um, if they were, I, Andrew, if they were to go that route and, and be kind of, you know, I would kind of say, what if they were like Miami and just throwing it out? Dude, I think UCLA could pull in a lot of guys. It's a lot to sell there. 
Um, but right now, uh, I'm hearing it's kind of the opposite from an NIL standpoint for the for the Bruins at this time. Interesting. I didn't know we'd go there on this podcast. <laughs> we can go anywhere we want, Andrew. Right? <laughs> well, all right. Now you got now you got me changing around my whole week, right? So so George McIntyre, you said he's going to be FIU on June 5th. Ole Miss, Michigan, Indiana, Georgia Tech, and Georgia are all going to be at that FIU camp. That, that makes mm-hmm. sense why he would be there. I, I think FSU is in South Florida at FAU that same night, and I heard uh, Coach Prime in Colorado also might be there. So that's uh, <laughs> I will have to make a decision. Um, another quarterback that was there, uh, Jaden Davis, correct me, yep. Michigan yep. commit, he was there. I was reading through what you wrote coming out of, of Santa Monica, and I thought – by far, one of the more notable lines was Jaden Davis said everyone assumed he was going to Michigan, but it was much closer at the buzzer, right? So he he was uh, he made a point to like emphasize. Hey, he kept saying his his line was contrary to popular belief. And <laughs> I let's say like a press press release that three times in the conversation. It, I go I go hey man I, I go uh, just for the fun of it let's talk about Michigan and obviously uh, I said I think a lot of people thought you know hey, what, what was taking so long. You know, and he, and he goes, you know, contrary to popular belief, I didn't know, you know, until much later. I, he's, I saw the crystal balls flying in there. He goes, honestly, like, it was close, man. Ohio State was right there. And then he even kind of late considered North Carolina a little bit. But he goes, man, it was a lot closer than people thought. Um, he goes, I just felt Michigan uh, was the best opportunity for me. It was a 40-year decision. I loved everything about him. The coaches, Jim Harbor was personally involved in his recruitment. But he goes, Ohio State's a great program, too. They're very tough to say no to. Uh, so it kind of came down to the wire before he actually finally felt 100%. He felt 90% for a while, but until he felt 100%, that's why it took so long uh, before he pulled the trigger. What did you think of him? Uh, that had to have been one of your first exposure points to him. Or, or is this a kid you've seen in the past? No, so this is my third time at this camp. So Okay, so he's he's one of the guys that comes back and back. Yeah. And- Yep. Third time seeing him. And also, we, you know, we saw him at the OT7 last year, right? So I feel yeah. like I have a pretty good uh, – So. Interesting. And he's a kid that I like. I love as a person. He's very self-aware. And there's one thing that I kind of put in the story. I never like when I'm doing a post-game recap or a post-camp retreat, whatever recap, I always try to keep it positive. But one thing about him, uh, he kind of did the, the, the drop, the release, right? I don't know if you, I, it's kind of hard to see on, on, on yeah. uh, the way we're doing it, but it's uh it's a little bit if you want to go back and watch like some old DJ Uyang Delay releases where the, he, he kind of drops it over the top, right? Drop over the top. And I talked to him specifically about that. I go, hey, I, I, don't, I noticed that when you're rolling out, you're throwing sidearm, get the ball out quick. When you're just your straight drops, you have a little bit of the drop in your elbow. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm trying to clean that up. He's actually came out to California, Southern California on Wednesday uh, to work with 3D quarterback. 3D quarterback is kind of like this big quarterback training group that works with, you know, all the guys going to combine. Bryce, CJ Stroud, Matt Stapp, a lot of NFL guys. So uh, he was actually out there working, uh, trying to clean some stuff up mechanically. And I noticed that a little bit when we saw him at OT7, the release wasn't as tight or as quick as I've seen in, in, in previous years. So um, still, you know, still good. Still, I, I, For me, I don't know if we had a height weight for him from the camp. He looked like he's bigger than I when I saw yeah. him. It looks like he's almost 6'1 now, whereas before I'd say six feet. 6'1", athletic body. You can tell he trains hard. He's another guy, man. He's a he's a alpha male, front of the line guy, works his butt off, commanding personality. He'll come in and, and take over a huddle. Um, so just from a mechanical standpoint, I would love to see him kind of clean some some stuff up, work on that release a little bit, get the ball quicker, um, which also I think affected his accuracy a little bit. His release point wasn't the same every throw like you saw with some other quarterbacks. So uh, kind of my little little breakdown. Saying all that, Michigan <laughs> fans should be very excited to have him. 
Yeah, I mean, he threw for 3,400 yards this past season. North Carolina Gatorade Player of the Year. Completed 72.5% of his passes. Another kid that's going to be at the Elite 11 Finals here in two weeks. Again, we're trying to you know stack and rack these quarterbacks, come to a, a general consensus. But, you know, I, I, he's got the goods to win games on Saturdays. That's what matters if you are, are a fan of the Wolverines. Uh, another quarterback that'll be at the Elite 11 Finals, Colin Hurley. LSU commit out of Jacksonville, Trinity Christian. He's a kid that reclassified from 2025 to 2024. What did you think of him, Greg? Yeah, no, he's got a hose for an arm. You know, he probably has the the, the biggest arm by far there. Again, doesn't need a windup at all. Doesn't need to use much feet. Lower half, man, he just he gets it and he just rips it. Accuracy wasn't as good as the other quarterbacks. Um, that'll be the, the biggest thing for him. Uh, also, you know, told them, you know, again, in this kind of setting, it's easy to talk to kids. I said, hey, man, you don't have to throw 100 miles an hour every, every time. Yeah. It's easy to take a little bit off, right? Because he's, he's that guy, man. He just wants to rip it, and he definitely can. He's got that arm. Um, now, when he does, you know, have to kind of move around a, a little bit and, and throw some deep balls with some touch, he can do it. You know, he, he showed me that he can do it. He can make, you know, a lot of different throws from, from different arm angles. So, man, he, he his body of work in terms of what you, you look at, I mean, his body it looks like he's a running back, right? He's probably, yeah. you know, what, six feet and like 210 pounds maybe. He kind of has a, uh, you know, th- that kind of body. And uh, I already mentioned the arm. So there's there's a lot to work with right there. And, and he's, a, he's a kid who I can tell, man, he wants to learn. He's a hungry kid. He's a good kid. He's a fun kid to be around. Uh, I, the things I, you know, with him, just want to continue accuracy, anticipation, you know, change speeds when necessary. Those are probably the biggest takeaways for me watching him. Yeah. And, and for Colin Hurley, I, I think the senior season is going to, well, it would be his junior season. It's going to be a senior season. I think that's going to be important for the entire evaluation process. I mean, he has played in, started 23 games already on, at the varsity level, but one of the lower completion percentages, um, you know, tends to, you know, make some, some bad throws. You know, he's not afraid to, to challenge tight windows, but those can lead to takeaways going the other way. So Colin Hurley, another guy we'll see at the elite 11 finals. He always seems to shine in, in yeah. these settings like that. And, and you know, really going to come down to, um, to, to Friday nights. Uh, Greg, I, I just have one more quarterback written down. Uh, Bachmeyer. Yeah. This is, uh, is this Tiger's brother or is this? It's Tiger and Hank's brother. Um, it, it's the greatest family ever, right? You got, you got a tiger, you got a Hank, his younger brother's buck. <laughs> and then there's bear. Um, you know, he's got a sister who's like an elite, you know, pole vaulter in college. Um, you know, obviously Hank playing quarterback, radically different than Hank. If you ever mentioned, got the chance to see Hank, Hank was kind of a skinny, you know, 6'2", 180 pound high school kid. Bears probably 6'1 and a half, pushing 6'2 and 225. Mentioned Hurley looks like a running back. Bear looks like a linebacker. Uh, he's all legs. I jokingly said, hey, man, you, you can, you know, you don't have to, you can skip squat day every once in a while. You don't have to do it every single day because <laughs> legs were just like, not to sound all weird talking about a, another guy's legs, but I mean, his thighs were, you know, almost like he was wearing size small shorts. I was like, dude, you know, they got a bigger pair of shorts for you to wear. Um, big, strong, physical kid who can stress the defense. He's a lot of fun to watch, uh, you know, with the pads on. You know, he's he's a he's a complete gamer. He's that guy who will throw, you know, a 60-yard bomb. The next drive, he'll run over three people and run. Um, you know, just a, a big, physical, strong kid. And when I say all that, you, you think, oh, we're talking about a guy who's got just raw tools. No, he's not raw. Again, he kind of grew up playing quarterback at an early age because of his older brothers. And so he's actually, you know, 
one of the quicker releases there mechanically. He's extremely good. Another guy who works out at different quarterback, 3D quarterback was the guy, he, the guys that he mentioned. So, I mean, he's pretty me- pure mechanically uh, for me, man. I, I, I love him. You know, I, I'm glad we got him into our, our top two, four, seven for the 25 class. I think he's a stock up guy and he can beat you in so many different ways. He's a tough guy. He's a leader. Um, you know, he's kind of the guy you want in your huddle late in the game. Fourth quarter, the guy just is unflappable, almost doesn't have a, a sense of like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to be nervous right now. Just doesn't have that, you know, that mindset is very cool, very calm, but physical. The tools, man, he's, he's off the charts from, from a physical tool standpoint. So I thought he had a great camp and uh, it was good to see him. I literally hadn't seen him in person in, in a long time. I saw the film, but I hadn't seen him in person over a year. So it was great to see him. And man, he's an impressive looking kid for sure. Anyone else we should hit on at the at the quarterback retreat? Yeah, there are some freshmen. You know, we uh, we talked off air. Uh, if we're always, I know we're always kind of on air, but uh, you know, Ashton Pinnell, you know, was a freshman who, uh, you know, is, that, is he oh, the one I put on the list? You put him on the list. I was like, Andrew, how did you put this guy on a list who hasn't even played and probably won't play this year? Uh, Caleb Sanchez is at St. John Bosco. Caleb was also at the uh, at the camp this weekend. Probably mentioned Caleb uh, real quick. He also had a, had a good camp. You know, Caleb. Uh, kind of waited his turn, played behind Kane Hauser and Pierce Clarkson for the last couple of years, could have transferred, decided to stay at Bosco. So he'll be a senior. Uh, and, and he's, you know, a big 6'3", 6'4", kid with, with some with some tools for sure. But Ashton Pinnell is a freshman, and and he's coming up. And so those two uh, will compete. And obviously, I think the, the, the hope for Bosco coaches to make it easy on them is, you know, Caleb wins the job, Ashton kind of is the backup, and then we got Ashton for a couple of years. But, you know, Ashton's gifted, man. He's one of the better-looking freshman quarterbacks that, that I've seen this offseason. Um, real smooth delivery, ball jumps out, athletic kid, everything you can want in a quarterback, uh, you know, he has. And then, and then Cole Leinart, Matt Leinart's kid was out there. He's a freshman at Modern Day. Oh. Cole's, Cole's, he's, you know, he's a two-sport guy. I actually think, he you know, basketball might be – his better sport, but he's probably better to be, you know, if you're he's a six two, you know, wing forward. Um, those guys usually make better quarterbacks than than wing forward, especially for at modern day. So Cole Leinart, another kid who you're gonna probably hear a lot about over the next couple of years. And um, so the whole modern day Bosco rivalry thing was going on there. So yeah, you know, one thing you mentioned, it was kind of interesting. You mentioned Colin Hurdle and all the game reps he had. I asked him, hey, you know, reclassifying, was that an easy or tough decision? He goes, Man, I played a lot of high school ball already. So I feel like, you know, I feel like mentally I'm ready. I feel like physically I'm ready. I'm going to play another junior year, which is another, what, 10, 12, 13 games, whatever. So yeah. the time I'm done playing high school ball, I'm going to have played more games than probably most kids who play all four years, right? So to kind of add to your point about the, the game repetitions, he, he felt like that was a reason, a big reason why he decided to go ahead and reclassify up a, up a year early. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I was studying some draft data um, earlier this week, and this past NFL draft, you know, we, we had two quarterbacks that only played or only full-time starters uh, for one season. That comes out. It was Dorian Thompson-Robinson and then Aiden O'Connell. They were both started one year uh, as seniors at the prep level. And then go back two years ago, Kyle Trask, he never was a full-time starter, and, and those guys got drafted. So certainly – Colin has has a point there. I we I need I'm pulling out the highlighter because I've been wanting to ask about this guy Cole 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 Liner. So Matt's kid, right? Yeah. And mom was an athlete as well. Mom was a better athlete. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but Matt is obviously on the Fox, you know, big game kickoff. Yeah. And then, but he's also like huge on social media in terms of like yeah. TikTok and, and yeah. Instagram. Like I think that recruitment's going to be wild. Are you buckled up, prepared for that? So um, first, let me correct myself. Mom was an All-American basketball player. Um, so you know what? So Matt probably comes across as like this TikToker, um, you know, mentioned the Fox thing. He is the most regular dad ever. Like 
he his off the field, off camera personality, man, he is the most laid back, just good guy. Doesn't get involved. Not that sideline. I mean, he's like the he's not how what you would perceive himself to be. And Cole is the same way, man. You think Cole, you know, coming up from, you know, quarterback royalty, Southern California. Dad was this. Mom was that. Cole's a super good kid, too, man. Really easy to talk to. There's no arrogance. There's no prima donna in, in either of those guys. So, you know. For me, I, I know Matt still loves his Trojans. I think Cole grew up. Mom and dad went to USC. So um, if we're saying, hey, is this going to be one of those kind of crazy circusy type, you know, Arch Manning recruitments? No, I'm saying if USC offers and if they want it, <laughs> this one's over. This one's over from the from before it gets even before it even gets going. So uh, I don't okay. see being, I don't see it being a wild and crazy. Like I said, Matt is so down to earth. I mean, shoot, could you imagine, you know, Arch Manning doing a, a Clarkson retreat or an Elite Eleven? Um, yeah. When he was a freshman, you know, Cole's been doing all these. He's done Elite 11. He'll do Clarkson. Um, you know, he'll do seven on sevens. He'll talk to whoever wants to talk to him, you know, after every event. He'll take the pictures. So, yeah, kind of erratically. And I'm not knocking Arch or the way they handled the recruitment well, at all. I'm just even even Dion's kid, Shadur, like, mm -hmm. he wouldn't talk with the media yeah. at camps. It was just like, all right, you yeah. know. So that, never did yeah. an interview, right, in high school. No, Cole's. Cole and Matt are so you would never expect it, but they are very down to earth, and and you'll you'll enjoy getting getting to meet both, and they're really really good guys. Well, I I here's my theory. I think he will be a very popular recruit because you look at someone my you know you said you're the one of the yeah. older guys. You look at my age and like yeah, Matt Liner is kind of like in the era of when you know we, you're so impressionable in sports, and, yeah. and him and Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush. Like I I just think there's I'm mean, I know. Me personally, and I'm sure you're going to be fielding all these, like how good is Matt Leinart's kid? That'll be a common barbecue mm. question. Where is he going to go to school? I mean, you think he's going to USC, so I guess that is a is a bit of a layup. Uh, Greg, I'm going to get you out of here on, on this, and you're a guy that does the, the Trinity League games on, on TV. I always enjoy watching that. Mm. Um, Matter mm. Day. I, how good are they this season? Uh, matter, I mean, they. it seems like they are as loaded as ever. Is that fair or unfair? Um, you didn't tell me this question was coming. So this is, this, this is like, this, this is like, honestly, Andrew, like I've been doing this for a long time. It's the most talented high school team I've seen in Southern California ever. Like I went, to, I went to their showcase and I went to Bosco's showcase the day before. Obviously Bosco is going to be great and won the national championship last year, but on paper, modern day's team, and let's say they're the best team, but on paper, it is the most talented team that I've ever seen at the high school level. Their, their backups are high-level power five guys. You talk to most high school coaches, they're like, hey, you know, we need one more lineman. We need one more D tackle. It's kind of hard to find quality linemen. They've got 12 guys on this side of the ball and 10 on this side of the ball. they got six or seven DBs. they got five linebackers. they got three quarterbacks. They got, I mean, their number three running back uh, right now is probably Nate Frazier. You know, and, and he's a top 10 run. He's our number three guy. You know, it's Jordan Davidson and another guy named, you know, named Ajon Bryant. They got eight receivers that already have power five offers. They got a big tight end who doesn't even play. He's got power five offers. These guys are all dudes. So it's, uh, I haven't seen it. I kept saying, you know, last year was the year to get him. Bosco did get him. But this year, um, if everybody stays healthy, Elijah Brown playing quarterback with that offensive line and those running backs and those receivers, man, they're going to be really, really good, Andrew. They're supposed to play. Uh, I know they're playing St. Francis. They're supposed to play a few Florida teams. I don't think they are now. I saw their schedule came out a couple of days ago, but I'm sure you'll still get to see a lot of them. And um, it's going to be fun, man. Gorman was supposed to come out here and play. I think Bishop Gorman is loaded too, but that game fell through. So, uh, but we'll be seeing a lot of them and we'll see. 
Um, but as of right now, man, they're, they're, I think they got to be the team to beat for, uh, you know, for high school football in the fall. Well, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to put you on the spot, and that, that's kind of what prompted the question because I did see the schedule, and there is no Florida teams on there, but they're going to play Bingham from Utah, and then I think the one everyone has circled, September 22nd at St. Francis Academy in, in Baltimore, which is obviously loaded up as well. Well, Greg, man, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. It was fun talking quarterbacks, and I can't wait to – Hang out with you, and and we're going to do more of this after the Elite 11 finals here, what, in two weeks? Yeah, it's coming up. No, I was looking forward to Looking forward to talking to you, Andrew. Do a, yeah, you're a co-worker, but I can still say, man, it's been great watching your development over the last couple of years uh, and to what you're doing now. So, man, always good catching up, and I uh, you know, look forward to doing it soon in a couple of weeks for Elite 11 OT7. Yeah, we'll talk to you later, bud. All right, man. Be good. On May 23rd, I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not going to survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.